baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Well, you want the good news or the bad news? Not really sure which is which. I, I, I could share either one, and they'd both be good news and bad news. So I guess you're just going to get it in the order that I've got it. This is Wiggins. This is Wiggins America. Second hour here on the show, and thank you for being here. So I've been actually rather bullish, and this is not a, a common position to take in conservative land right now because if you're trying to score points against your opponents you do not look at the data and you go you know what i see some optimism here for inflation slowing down uh so far that has not been the case so i don't want to create any false impressions inflation has actually gotten worse because now we're into july of course we're getting numbers for june and last april if you recall as in april 2021 is when inflation started to rise So if you were going to see a slowdown in inflation, you would see it starting in April, May, June, because that's when inflation started to go up. So you're comparing year over year. You'd see that number, even if it was steady, start to look lower because you're comparing it to higher numbers from before. Make sense? Well, that's not happening. You're still seeing high numbers, which means it's actually kind of increasing still to an extent. So these are bad, bad figures. They're not good. I'm not trying to paint a rosy picture of them. I've just been bullish that if the Fed starts to raise rates, which they have, they're doing it too slowly. And I'm saying that as a, as a home buyer. I, I buy rental properties as kind of a side hustle. And I want rates to stay kind of low because it benefits me. <clears throat> but the, I, I admit, just looking overall at the economy, they're doing it too slow. They need to do it faster to curb inflation. There's a lot of other people a lot of, that would say a lot of things. You, know, you don't have to do that. I'm just saying, as far as basic economics, that's usually what you do. You, you, you raise rates so there's less money in the market. Therefore, inflation comes down because there's less money being printed and used and borrowed. Okay, right? We can all agree on that. But even so, I've said, well, if they're going to raise them, even if they're doing it slowly, it will curb inflation to an extent. Gas prices aren't going to come down, so it's not going to completely kill inflation, but it will slow it, and it should get a little bit better. Here's the problem. Reading this article from Yahoo News. One of the problems, and we connect the dots here, rents have been rising swiftly across America for much of the pandemic era, and that I do know as a person who owns some properties. And housing experts are warning they could now receive a boost, as in rents could receive a boost. That's not good for renters. That's good for rentees. Uh, From an unlikely source, the Federal Reserve. As the central bank raises interest rates to cool down the economy and contain rapid inflation, it is also pushing up mortgage costs, putting home purchases out of reach for many first-time buyers. If people who would have otherwise bought a home remain waylaid in apartments and rented houses... It could compound already booming demand, keeping pressure on rental prices to keep going up. Obviously, as a landlord, that economic news benefits me, but it doesn't benefit the overall economy because if rental rates keep going up, that's nearly a third of the tracked consumer price index measure. 
So that's going to keep that inflation number high and keep inflation looking like it's way, way up and not just looking like it, it actually is. It's just it's a big portion of how they track inflation is rental rates. So if rental rates keep going up because the Fed is raising rates, they're trying to reduce inflation, but they're actually raising one of the key indexes for inflation. <laughs> it makes my optimism uh, not so optimistic. Wow. Wiggins America. More, more, more coming up. I've got a great topic to discuss with Trish, Trisha Siegman, who's coming back in the studio here in just a minute. It is a Republican bill out of Arizona that I don't think you're going to take easy sides on. If you're a constitutionalist, you may look at this one and go, mm, don't know if I can put on my red jersey this time. But, you know, we'll see. That's coming up next here on Wiggins America. in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. What does that mean? Crabby and negative. No, you're not. You're having a great day. I started my day off so well. Yeah. It was great. I was having a great day. I was in a good headspace. And then something happened. I'm going to bring a couple issues to you. I'm going to bring a couple issues to you. We're on. I know. (laughs) What do you think think I'm doing here? I know well, that. I thought you were just chatting, and I'm I like, am. I'm "Hope she knows I turned the mics on." I feel felt great last time, last segment, <laughs> last hour, whatever the heck it was. Um, all right, Squid Game. Did you see Squid Game? I don't mean to talk about movies exclusively, but that's what I got here. Kind of feels Game. like that's all we do here. Now. It does. Uh, no, not the whole thing. <clears throat> really, you watched some of it and didn't finish it? Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's so good though. I know how it ends, but I don't think we should oh. tell everybody. That does kind of ruin it. Yeah. <clears throat> Squid Game makes Emmy's history as first ever non-English language series to be nominated. Does that shock you? Yes. Me too. I can't believe with woke Hollywood that they've never nominated a non-English language series. That's the first one. I'm trying to think. I would think that that would not be the same for, because this is Emmys. That can't be the same for Oh, Oscars no, not or... Oscars. No, this is Emmy. Now, this is series. So it's also weird how how much TV has changed uh-huh. because you can make something that's an hour long movie and just sort of split it into three parts and be like, now it's called a series. That, that, you couldn't do that before. And I think Netflix specifically has done a lot to change the navig- or the landscape of and our our comfort level with watching things that are dubbed over. 
Yeah, so and I, I still don't love it, but I don't I, either. I can't get used to it. Mm-mm, it's you know why? It's because of the way that I watch TV, which is mostly I sit there on my laptop and I'm writing or I'm doing other things while I'm watching TV, unless it's something that's so enthralling that I'm glued to it. So you think that's why you don't like dubbed over? Yeah, I do, because I got to watch it. I can't listen to it. Well, no, you'd have to watch it if it was subtitles. If it's dubbed over in English, oh, it's hard I, to watch. I'm thinking subtitles as you're saying. Yeah, dubbed. no. See, I I think that there's more integrity in the subtitles. It demands oh, more attention. So you're fine with but subtitles. Squid, yes, but I don't love it because of what you just said. It takes a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. I actually don't love anything new for that reason. But Squid Game, I watched. What I did watch of it was dubbed over in English, and it's just a cheese factor. When yep. The, yep. I agree. Yeah, so. different reason why I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to watch it, but, but it's still Netflix the same. is conditioning us to get used to that because I, I'll search for crime shows, this, that, or the other thing, and they'll be from Sweden. I know, or and I don't want to get conditioned. I know, I don't the, either. The, you know the Stop reason for Netflix. that? It's the same thing as the freaking gas prices thing. Is you go, oh, it's dropped by thirty cents. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. Yep. It's only four forty now. No. That's a terrible gas price. Mm -hmm. But it's the same thing. I don't want to get used to it. The economics of TV have changed so much that now you don't have the the traditional TV feeding streaming. So streaming, as you've noticed, is struggling. They're trying to add ads or at least add options to everything now. And that was going to happen. I mean, the more the audience migrated, the more you got to figure out how to pay for it. And so Netflix, you're right is conditioning people to watch more stuff from overseas because they don't make as many programs. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, well, we got to fill it in. Let's put this show from the Netherlands on. And it was pretty good. That's the that's the problem is that a lot of those shows, that's the best show that came out of that country that year. Because the crap, they're probably not going to bring over. Yeah, they pull good stuff in. They pull the good stuff. I don't actually, and I don't mind... I'm not trying to say that uh, other countries aren't making good products. That's not what I'm saying either. Well, it sounds a lot like what you're saying. No, I'm just kidding. What I'm saying is that Uh, they don't speak English, and so they must be dumb. That's what what I'm saying. That is... Yes. That is is the logical next conclusion to this. That's the next step here. (laughs) No, it's just the subtitle. I would rather them put it in subtitles and make us read it and watch the show how it was supposed to be instead of having Joe Schmo read over it. I get that. And butcher the language barrier. Yeah, yeah, I do get that. I, I just don't like either one of them because I want. I'm. I mean, honestly, you're lazy and you because don't I am read. lazy and super ethnocentric. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't care. I don't care if it's made in Costa Rica because they speak English. But I just want it to be in English. That's I, fair. I don't care. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I knew that about you though. Going into this conversation, so. I don't even care if it's the Queen. So you're English. mad about Squid Game? We're not shocked. I'm actually more surprised that that's never happened before. Yeah, I agree with you. That this is. I mean, how many series have been made in the world and the Emmys are just now going, oh, there's something that exists outside the United States? That's the least likely place that I would have expected that to exist. Yeah. I think I still think there's a correlation between us watching more of that as a society. Eventually, one of those things was bound to catch on. Mm -hmm. One of those shows was bound to catch on. And this one did. This was the one that did. And the other truth is that the United States makes so much more entertainment than everybody else does that there is kind of a natural economics to it that if you're making a thousand shows a year and every other country is making 15, well, obviously you're probably going to have better shows because you just got more of them. Uh, let me debate this with you. Great. Two. Ready. Completely Crabby. different. Ready not, to go. It's not related to Having movies. a terrible day now. A new law, state law in Arizona 
will soon make it illegal for people to film a police officer from eight feet or closer without the officer's permission, placing greater limits on how people can video police officers at a time when calls are growing louder for increased law enforcement transparency. What do you think of this? Does the same rule apply to citizens? That you can't film them within eight feet? No. Without their permission? No, it does not. Then I don't, I think... It's just law enforcement. And it's to protect law enforcement. I understand that, and I am a huge uh, supporter of law enforcement. But I think less transparency is more dangerous ultimately for law enforcement. We are in agreement. And this is a Republican bill that is passed by Republican Governor Ducey, which I don't really love him. But uh, this is a, yeah, this is a uh, very much a Republican-led initiative. And it's to protect law enforcement. I get the spirit of the law. Mm -hmm. I don't like what it is. And in fact, I've been reading about it because I thought usually when these things happen, and this happens on both sides of the aisle, but you're more prone to do it when it's your side. You see something where you're like, "Eh, I don't know. Let's look into it. Oh, that's why they're doing it. Usually it's with bills in Congress. Mm -hmm. Oh, they signed this bill that kills dogs. Oh, my gosh, how terrible. And you look into it and you're like, okay, that is a tack on. They didn't vote for it because of whatever reason, and then it's always framed differently, right? So I thought maybe this was one of those. I can't find a single reason why this would help. I mean, other than the obvious, that people are getting in the way. People are getting in the way, and there are, as technology advances, we are, we're all familiar with the deep fake situation. There are ways to manipulate video. I, yeah. I do, to some extent, understand it. It just seems... I put Th- your, This seems like an amendment issue to me. This seems like First Amendment freedom of press kind of stuff. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. I always flip these things and say, okay, what if, because right now, to paint like a really broad brush picture, and this isn't quite fair, but just go with me here. Democrats tend to be a little bit more wary or, you know, not necessarily on the side of law enforcement. And Republicans are very much saying, we're on the side of law enforcement. When you split things black and white, that is how yes. they come and down. Again, Obviously, everything's gray. Yes. But. That's not completely fair. But that there seems to be a little bit of that, mm-hmm. where you hear something defending law enforcement. If you're on the right, you go, yay, that's me. It goes back to our conversation. It was last week, I think, uh, when we talked about Republicans representing patriotism and mm-hmm. Democrats not and the waving of the flag and draping yeah. yourself in the flag. and I think that even more it has more of a clear line to it than this does. Right. But in actuality, there's more gray. gray. Yeah, yeah, there's more gray. Well, certainly this is that. Um, but even so, when you look at a story like this, I would look at it and go, oh, good. You know, that that would be something that if my side's passing it, I pr- there probably is a good reason for it. And again, looked into it, don't necessarily agree with it. And somebody can, you can write me and tell me, well, here's why, Ryan, here's why you should agree with it. I'm completely open to hearing that. No problem at all. At Radio Wiggins on Twitter if you want to. But I flip the, the script and I go, okay, what if we weren't necessarily in favor of law enforcement? What if law enforcement, and this isn't like beyond the, the pale of comparison here, what if law enforcement got to the point where we really didn't trust it, that they were corrupt, that this was like a, a Russian law enforcement or something where the police were working for the government, the government clearly has an agenda. Would I want this law to be in place then? And the answer is no. I would want this law to not exist. And so that's why I always look at, well, 
is it is it solving a short-term problem but causing a long-term one? And in this case, I would say kind of yeah, but I don't even know what the short-term problem is. I don't even know what it's really fixing. And I look at it in addition to that because that, that's actually a really good point. That that flip test is something that should pretty much be done all the time. All the time. On every By everybody. Before yeah. you... Before you take a hard stand on something, flip it. And just, yes. just think about it if you were on the other side of the issue. And I guess in that spirit, if I'm the other side, if I'm a, I'm on the side of um, anti-law enforcement. Yeah. And I'm not. Uh, change the system. Change the system. Yeah. The police are the problem. My criticism of this is what are they hiding? Exactly. Why, why are they hiding this? Why, yeah. Why don't hiding? you want it? And then flip it back as a as a supporter of law enforcement. Why am I opening them up to more criticism or myself up to more criticism or the bill up to criticism? Why why even invite that criticism? It seems unnecessary. I think you know. I mean, kind of to conclude, as we're talking about it, I'm realizing that if I'm law enforcement, because again, try to put yourself in everybody's shoes here. Mm-hmm. If I'm law enforcement, if you work in the wrong area. Now, this isn't every area of the United States, but in the wrong ones, like, for instance, right where we're standing in downtown St. Louis, you get a prosecutor who does not like you, who does not want to support you, and basically wants to undermine you across it's the board. It's more dangerous than They're, ever before. It's yeah. a terrible situation. There were, I mean, those are the people who are supposed to be on your side working against you, mm-hmm. not just not supporting you, working against you. Yeah. Um, you are under greater scrutiny now than you have ever been before, and you're human. You're going to mess up. And so if all of that is always on video, you are going to have constant sort of social media backlash going on because you do something that's a little bit wrong or you step out of line a little bit and you're going to get it. However, that's the job. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hate to say it, but that is the job. I just I hate the environment that we've created for it. But the transparency still does need to be there, doesn't it? Well, and slight devil's advocate, not to completely uh, go against everything we've just said we believe about this piece of legislation, but in theory, you could still get that video from eight feet back and maybe this video, and yeah. maybe in the in the case of the lawmaker's defense here, maybe they're just thinking this is a don't get too close to a crime scene issue. True. That it has nothing to do with video. True, true. Because it's not saying you can't videotape it. It's mm-hmm. just saying stay back a little bit. Yeah. I guess that that probably is... What's getting lost in this conversation? But why put the video part in there then? Make make the rule that you have to stay back eight feet from any kind of active police. Yeah, thing. yeah, that's true. Uh, why why say pr- that specifically about issue, video? Not a yeah. media issue. Because I've I've heard people say in criticism of it. Well, what if a police officer is walking toward you to do something to you that they shouldn't be doing? Well, what happens? Are you supposed to just keep going eight feet back? You know. <laughs> You really can't I'm do that. I'm sorry, sir. I'm trying to get out of your circle, man. No, 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 don't do it. All right, I'll stop videotaping now. Do whatever you want. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was uh, yeah. thought that was one of those ones that like really falls in kind of a weird area. I agree. And good to discuss. Trisha, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. All right, more Wiggins America coming up. Man, I'll tell you what. I got a lot of show prep. And a lot of things still to get to, which we will do in the next segment, I promise. We, we talked to Trisha just a minute ago. I'm going to talk about some logical fallacies. And I got a whole list of them that I'm going to bring in the next segment. So stay with me for that because it's really interesting. What I'll do is I'll just present the clip. 
and I'll say, where's the logical fallacy in this? I think it's almost like a, an exercise that I think you'll enjoy and we can talk about it. But of all the things that I have prepared, I wasn't planning on this. There's a, there's a glass of something in the studio right next to this. Now, there's, a, there's several studios that are all lined up in this building. I'm in the main one for KFTK. But right next to me is Hot 1041. No, don't switch over. That hurts my ratings. Don't do that. <laughs> so after the show, you can do that at 9 o'clock. Um, but there's a glass of something on their windowsill that has been there for so long that I can't tell if it's just tea and that's what tea is supposed to look like even after several days or if it's getting darker because it's it's coagulating and getting mold and turning into something else. I don't know. But it got me think it, it it's so unappetizing that I almost wanted to tell some sort of good candy story just to get to to cleanse my palate. And I was talking to a friend of mine. Well, I can I can even say I'll say friend because he is a friend, but I haven't known him for very long. He's just a guy who I go to church with who's in our church group. And you know, these people you get kind of thrown into a group and you don't really know them, you just get to know them. Find out this guy had been one of my dream jobs which is a hostess, not, not baker, but not candy maker either, like um, treat specialist or something like that, for years, for years and years and years. <clears throat> and if you recall, in 2008, hostess went bankrupt, and then he had to switch careers. So since then, he's been doing other food-related items and, and interesting stuff, but it was the it was the hostess, the cupcake era that I was very, very interested in. He was telling me all kinds of tricks and uh, things that they would do, how they made the marshmallow that went on snowballs and stuff like that. And I almost want to get him into here for an interview. I think I might do that. I think I might actually schedule the uh, the treat master from former, a former treat master from Hostess. And that is a position I made up because I don't really know what it was called. But it reminded me, now if you listen to the Dave Glover show at all, I told this story several times, but it reminded me that I was wanting to go to the Vallow Milk factory for a long time and did the Vallow Milk. Now, if, if you're not familiar, marshmallow related here, that's where my brain's going. Vallow Milk is made with the best marshmallow cream that I've ever had. It's got chocolate on the outside. So it's a very high-end candy. And the, the Vallow Milk company, Sivers, only makes that. That's all they do. And they're located just outside of Kansas City. So on my way to visit my in-laws in Wichita once, I stopped by. The story is completely ridiculous if you've heard it before. It was just starting to snow on Christmas Eve Eve, the 23rd. And I stopped by at probably 4 in the afternoon. This guy is getting ready to go home. And I'm like, sir, can I tour your your marshmallow factory? And this guy looked at me like, are you a child? This is embarrassing for you. (laughs) And I felt such incredible shame. And then he told me, a, no, we can't do those because I can't let people just wander around in my factory. And I absolutely would have jumped into that marshmallow vat. I would have told him I wouldn't, gotten in, and done it. I would have stuck my head under the chocolate, everything. I would have done it all. So he's right in not allowing me to do that. But um, he also told me he couldn't even sell me any vowel milks. He's like, we don't have a license to sell anything. I'm like, this is the most disappointing trip. And it was, it was magical leading up to it. Just starting to snow. The day before Christmas Eve, I was so excited. 
And I didn't even get any, I got nothing done other than just a heap of guilt and shame that I still bear to this day. And I don't necessarily blame Valamilk for that, but I certainly blame the guy that was there at the Valamilk factory for that. <laughs> I think actually it's Sivers. I think it was Russ Sivers. <laughs> I, don't, I think I was talking to the owner. I guess I could blame Valamilk. But in conclusion here, we we got to run into the next segment. I want to give us a plenty of time to do this logical loop fallacy thing with you. It's like a brain exercise. I found out that the Tootsie Roll factory apparently is in Chicago. So I may be making a trip soon. And I hope, maybe I should plan it a little bit better so that I don't show up like that. And they tell me, get out of here, kid. We don't make the Tootsie Roll. You can't even buy a Tootsie Roll here. You got to go into town. Stick around. All right, I couldn't let this show go completely by without having what I would consider to be a great deal of fun. And by fun, I mean looking at uh, political things that are negative. So you, you find that fun, right? That's why you're here. We like to have this kind of fun. It's a very specific type of fun. But it's uh, it, it definitely is because when you have so many of them packed into one week, and I'm going to pack them all into this one segment. So buckle up and think about these things. So I'm challenging you. I'm going to play you three different clips that happened this week. They're completely different. One is about Ukraine. The other is about transgenderism. The other is about uh, things taught in schools. So very, very wide array of topics here. But they're all clips that I'm inviting you to find the logical fallacy in them. So we'll start with the first one. And, and they're diff- that's, that what's so neat about them is that there are three things that all hit this week, different topics, like I said, and the, the ways that people work their way around vi- simple logic is really astounding. And some of it's national media, other ones just local school boards and things like that, but they're all doing the same thing. So I'm, I'm inviting you to listen and spot them with me. I'm going to start with the big one that maybe you saw this one this week. If you didn't, that's okay. But it's Missouri's own senator, Josh Hawley, interviewing a Berkeley law professor about the use of the word woman. Uh, I, I want to visit with you, Ms. Meske, but before I do, I just want to clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, There are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. We can recognize that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. So your view is is that the core of this, this right then is about what? 
So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important Because of my line of questioning? Because so we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist I'm denying dangerous. that trans people exist by asking are you? you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think men can <laughs> so get pregnant. So you are denying that trans people exist? Thank and that leads to violence? Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Absolutely. Or are they also treated like this? Where no, you, no, no. They're, they're told that to they're at, opening up people to oh, violence We have a good time in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow. I, I would learn a lot. I've learned you, a lot I just know. in this exchange. Absolutely. Extraordinary. So do you follow here? Now, there's a couple of them in there. Senator Hawley, of course, is very good. He's very, very good in these situations. It's one of the reasons that he gets to ask questions is because they go, hey, Hawley's pretty good at this. Why don't we put Hawley up there? So he asks her a very basic question that has been asked before of a Supreme Court justice named Ketanji Brown-Jackson, which she didn't get to answer. I shouldn't say she didn't get to. She couldn't and wouldn't answer the question. So the logical fallacy here overall is that somehow if you ask questions about these issues, as in let's just debate this intellectually, let's have an intellectual conversation about this issue. No, I can't. I, a, I can't answer your questions. So what I'm going to jump to is you're being violent toward either me or to this community. That is such a logical fallacy. And it kills debate and people who hear it groan because even, and as I've said before, I think I've even said it in this show, I've got friends now on the left who I have vehemently disagreed with for a long time coming to me privately because they know I'm kind of a safe space for this. They, they're like, I can't say it publicly, but the trans debate is crazy. These are people who go, I believe in science. And so I'm going to continue to believe in science, even though the far left, and let's let's delineate here, this is the far left that is causing this problem in the United States. It's the moderate left, or even I would consider traditional left, that is now going, man, this is a problem. This isn't good. So anyway, that's the first one. And I love his question, by the way, before we move to the next one. I love his question about, is this the way you conduct your classroom? If somebody asks a question in your classroom, which is traditionally supposed to be a place of learning and questions, is this what you do to them? You say, you can't ask that question. You're being violent. That's a very, very good question by Holly. And of course, that's why they go, hey, Holly, maybe you could do this for us because he's really good at it. Here's the second one. Find the logical fallacy in this. Um, tonight, I'm going to give a sampling from three books that are in our libraries, the Fleming School and the Oakleaf School. Oh, by the way, I should probably set this up a little bit better. This is a person speaking at a school board meeting, like a public hearing type of setting. He is going to read a few things that you can find in his kid's school, okay, to the board. Here we go. And then we can discuss, you can discuss the process by which these books get on the shelves because there's a Clay County employee that got paid to put this book, Lucky, by Alice Sebold. I'm going to read things. If there's children watching, cover their ears. He began to I'm going to stop you right there, sir. I'm going to stop you right there. 
Turn the microphone off. Turn off his microphone, please. I've told you I'm stopping you. The reason I'm stopping you is because these meetings are, if you'll hush your mouth for a minute and listen, instead of just talking, you merely learn something. Well, the problem is, sir, is these meetings are broadcast. There are people at home that are watching it on YouTube. There are people that are watching it on community television. Are you going to listen or are you going to run your mouth? Okay, so I'm listening in headphones. If you're listening in your car, there's a lot of sound going on. You might not be able to hear, because they cut his mic, what he's saying back to them. But he's actually pointing out the logical fallacy, which I'm sure you can see. I mean, plain as day. As the, guy, as the board member speaking, you're going, wait, wait a minute. They're going to cut the guy's mic off, and he's just reading things that you can find in the school. And the objection is, we can't have those things read in public. They're too grotesque. They're too sexually sensitive. So you can't read them at the board meeting, but you can have them in the school. You you follow me here? (laughs) And he's saying that back to them, which you can pick up probably on their mics because they cut his. He's going, "What? this is in the school and you can't have it at a board meeting? Easy to see the logical fallacy there. And they're, they're the school board, right? And they're saying, well, there's a way to go about this. I, I listened to the whole thing way beyond that clip. And they're saying, well, so there's a way to go about uh, protesting these things. Yeah, how about bringing it to the school board and the school board going, you can't read this in public here. Therefore, probably not good for the school. You know, like real, real simple. But they're not going to do that because they're either spineless or they believe that children should be taught. And all I could hear, again, you probably couldn't hear it if you're in your car, but if you're listening on the podcast, you might have been able to pick up what he was saying there. He starts reading the book. It says something along the lines of, he inserted his fingers into. Okay? That's all I could hear. I don't know what the book is. I didn't look up the book. But if it has a line that starts with, he inserted his fingers into, you'd think, yeah, don't want to have that at the school board meeting. Definitely don't want the kids checking that book out, right? All right, last one here. Like I said, varied clips, various topics. This one is Christian Amanpour. Fantastic name. Not a great journalist. Ukrainian white Christian refugees, again, highlights your issue with not allowing not-so-white, not-so-Christian refugees coming in from your southern border. And that is, I don't know what word to use, but let's just say ethnocentric. No, no. Now, this is the Ukrainian foreign minister, I'm sorry, the Hungarian foreign minister speaking about Ukrainian refugees. But, uh, um, I think How do you account yeah. for that difference? It's an extremely important issue what you have raised, because I have been faced with this question many times. So thank you well, for I've raising I've actually asked you. Yeah, 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 thank you very much for raising it. So we are under double pressure currently, we can say this, because we have these hundreds of thousands of refugees arriving from Ukraine whom we definitely allow to come and take good care of them. But we keep our southern border very strong, uh, which is our border to Serbia, external border of both European Union and the Schengen area. We have stopped 110,000 illegal migrants already this year. And this is the major difference. This is, you have refugees and you have illegal migrants. And why I tell you these are illegal migrants? Because you have to look at the international law. What does international law say? If you have to flee from war, like the poor Ukrainians currently, you are allowed to uh, move to the first safe country and there you can stay temporarily and then return whenever the war or, or whatever was the reason of you. Okay, so you're following him here. So she asked the question, Christiana Mampur asked the question, 
why are you allowing these people from Ukraine, who are traditionally white and Christian in, but you're not allowing people to come in your southern border who are not so white and not so Christian, Serbians, for instance, into Hungary, okay? And he is answering the question, you do understand these are completely different situations. You might have heard, as a journalist, that there's a war going on in Ukraine to wipe out Ukraine. We're allowing those people in because they are genuine refugees. I mean, that is the definition of being a refugee from war, actual war that's happening. In the meantime, there are people coming up from the southern border into the southern border of Hungary. And just like our southern border, there's really no reason. They're just they're just trying to get into a better country. Their countries suck and they want to get into a better country that maybe has a little more opportunity for them, a little more money, a little more whatever. And they're, they're completely different situations, obviously. He goes on to explain this even better. But listen to Christian Amanpour's question at the very end of this. Uh, fleeing is over. Now, these people who appear at the southern border of ours cross at least six, seven, eight, or even more safe countries. They have no reason. They have no reason to violate the border between Serbia and Hungary. They have no reason to violate the southern border of Serbia because they are not coming from war, because there's no war in Serbia. And I have to tell you one thing. These people, these illegal migrants, are behaving more and more aggressively. They are carrying weapons. They are shooting at us, shooting at each other. They, they attack our um, policemen, throwing uh, uh, pieces of concrete, bottle, whatever, attacking our police. Why should we allow such kind of people to enter the territory of Hungary? So Why Hungary? should we allow them to violate our border? Because this is a border violation. The Ukrainians are not violating our border. They come, they ask for the opportunity, they, uh, they come in, they cooperate with us because they have the right to do so because there's a war in the neighborhood. It just all fits the picture of what you call an illiberal democracy. So Why? let's just, well, Why it just mean? does. I mean, it just no, does. It's international I, law. It's international law. Look, these people are refugees from Ukraine. The people who are entering illegally as illegal immigrants who are, A, throwing bottles. I mean, they're, they're violently entering and they're breaking our laws. They were not invited as refugees. They're not refugees. They're planning on staying. Refugees, by definition, are not planning on staying. They're planning on being there for a while, but hopefully going back to where they are from. They don't want to stay there. They want to just seek refuge and then go back. Totally different. Yet... Christian Amanpour opens the clip and that question by asking, are you basically, why are you a racist uh, and why are you allowing this to happen? He very clearly explains that. And at the end, she comes back and says, that is an illiberal democracy. Basically, again, you're a racist. You're, you're allowing people to come in because they're white and Christian. Aren't you? Aren't you? So I don't know if there's so much of a, lo lo you know, a logic leap happening there as I opened the clip and said, find the logical loop or, or the logical fallacy. But there is a lack of lo logic <laughs> from the journalist asking the question who clearly has an agenda. So I, I saw all the, those three this week and thought, gosh, those are really good clips that show the agenda behind these things and some of them they're so obvious there's such 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 obvious agendas and there's such obvious logical loops that these people try to twist themselves into especially that first one that law professor from berkeley really unbelievable stuff anyway we're at the end of the show and i hope that you've had fun right this is all about fun 
It's fun to listen to this stuff, is it? Is it? Are you in a better mood now? I hope you are. I hope you've enjoyed at least part of this show today. Again, you can get the podcast by Googling Wiggins America. Apparently, it's all over the place on different formats, which is super cool, and I have no control over that. That's all behind the scenes, and thank you to people working behind the scenes to make that happen. Appreciate that. You can get it at WigginsAmerica.com by Googling it, or you can rewind on the Odyssey app. We'll see you next week. talk.com get more at 971talk.com baseball is in full swing nba playoffs are heating up and your nfl team is gearing up for training camp listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.